1: Fire up your grills. It's time for Tallahassee game day on War Chant TV and Real Talk 93.3. That pass is intercepted. To the delight of all Seminole fans, the pick six. WarChant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang bring you the latest news, updates, and analysis around the FSU program ahead of today's kickoff on Bobby Bowden Field. Second and three. game day is brought to you by Zaxby's the official chicken of sports fans Tallahassee Zaxby's proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole boosters for over 15 years Zaxby's indescribably good now live from Florida's capital city here's warchant.com's Jeff Cameron
3: Ah, it's game day. Welcome in, everybody. Great to be with you. Tallahassee Game Day live on the air here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Thanks to all of you watching on War Chant TV. Make sure you remember to like, subscribe, all that good stuff, so you get the latest from all of us as uh, game days are busy. You know, we got this pregame show, which we enjoy doing here, obviously. Postgame show as well. Tom Lang will join you with uh, Gene Williams to... Uh, Look back at the game that was, post-game call-in show. You guys get to vent and or celebrate together. Don't forget that. And then, of course, all the game day coverage from our entire staff at WarChant.com uh, keeping you up to date. We'll be watching very closely as warm-ups take place today because uh, the the flu has swept into Tallahassee and, and, and kind of ravaged the campus and thereabouts, and that includes this football team. Before we get going, pre-game, post-game, or no game at all, Anytime is the right time for Zaxby's Platters. Be your team of 12 to 14 with your choice of traditional or buffalo fingers, boneless or traditional wings as well. If you're having trouble deciding, get the best of both worlds with the sampler platter. We always do before we get underway here on Tallahassee Game Day. Delicious. I always eat too much because you can't help yourself. Don't forget that uh, world-famous sauce. Satisfy your chicken craving today with Zaxby's Platters. Order online or through the app. Tallahassee Zaxby's, a proud Seminole booster for over 15 years. Yeah, Tom, that's the <clears throat> top story. And that's brought to you by Barino Heating and Air Conditioning, longtime trusted partner of the Jeff Cameron Show. Turn to the experts at Barino Heating and Air Conditioning for all your cooling and heating needs this fall. Head to com or call 850-580-4029. The uh, lead story being that uh, we don't know who's going to play today. It's um, you know You could look at two stories. You could look at... The fact that the team has had a lot of guys go down this week with the flu. Now, obviously, they got hit with IVs, and we hope that they're hydrated and able to go. But it does affect your preparation, and that is frustrating, obviously. But there's nothing you can do about that. You have to try to prepare the best you can. The other top story, I think, if we're going to throw that in there, is the fact that Chubba Purdy uh, decided to transfer, hit the transfer portal this week. Uh, He announced that on Tuesday. I think the timing is odd um, because, to be honest with you, this would have been a game, Tom, that he would have had a chance to play in. I don't know if he would have started. The word is that in all likelihood, McKenzie Milton would start if Jordan Travis can't give it a go. Uh, But I I, got to guess that they would have had some packages set up for Chubb Purdy, or he would have had to have been on the ready because uh, we've seen McKenzie Milton try to give it a go, and his body's betrayed him a couple times. So, I, I, I find the timing odd. I think that this is the culmination of a lot of frustration for him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Voice is not cooperating this morning. Uh, I, I think that, you know, you go all the way back to when he first got here and he got hurt uh, and and they had to put the screw in there with the collarbone. Something didn't go well with that surgery, and that's unfortunate. We do know that complications happen. Um, it's not always somebody's fault, but complications occurred and and I had to go back in, that's never good. And that seriously stunted his growth. Uh, I know mentally it was tough for him to adjust, and we know this because he said so. I didn't uh, just snatch that out of thin air. And he left. He left the program for a while uh, to both rehab and and to get mentally, uh, I guess, righted, if you will, and and, and to find some clarity. And it, it looked like at the time that maybe he had found it, uh, when he came back to Florida State, I think we were all kind of stunned, to be honest with you guys, that he came back to the school. I, I think, generally speaking, when somebody rides out both out of frustration and also to you know, mentally um, try to find balance, it's kind of rare that they come back to the program from whence they left. Uh, and so when he did, I thought, well, maybe they cleared that hurdle. He'd make his way back in. Uh, but I don't know that everything ever got right with him and his time here at Florida State. So we wish him well. Why do I bring that up? Well, it was the news of the week, but also it affects the depth chart because in essence, without him, you have three scholarship quarterbacks, one of whom has shown that at times really can't get out there because of uh, his body uh, and that vicious injury that McKenzie Milton suffered a few years back. And you know that that's precarious that situation. If for some reason today Jordan Travis can't go, um you, you know you kind of kind of in a tough spot. I don't want to fail to mention Tate Rodemaker is still on the roster and is a kid that practices every day and is is doing his best to try to come along, but progress has been slow there. So uh, now that opens the door, I suppose. Certainly we know AJ Duffy will be coming in. That is the other news of the week. It's been a busy week. Uh AJ Duffy uh, withdrawing from IMG early um, with two games to go. He had a dislocated finger and decided, you know what, I'm good. I'm good. I've done what I came here to do. I'm going to go ahead and uh, sit out the rest of the way and, and and finish up my requirements in school, and I'm going to enroll early at Florida State. So that's good news, actually, that you're going to get him. In fact, it was a good week uh, for news involving this next recruiting class. You seem to have some more affirmation that a lot of these guys are rock solid right now as to their commitments to Florida state. So, you know, you look at that and everybody holds their breath because in addition to having to flip the culture, Mike Norvell and this staff have got to do a good job of flipping the roster and they've got to infuse it with much more talent than currently sits at Florida state. And this class is a consensus top 10 class, and it would do that immediately at a lot of key positions, quarterback being one of them. But uh, there's there's linebackers here. There are wide receivers here, offensive linemen here. This is a class that if you get these kids to say yes and sign on the line, which is dotted, uh, Florida State uh, will be in good shape moving forward, we think, with an influx of talent.
0: Well, it's one thing that we've seen from this team that's actually here this season is when they're on the brink of having every excuse in the world to quit, they don't. And that was halftime of the Louisville game. And since then, they've gotten better. I mean, they were better already, even when they were 0-4 versus last year's team. That's hard to argue when you are 0-4, but you could see it. The process, the way things were being built. Uh, these kids were, were buying in. And then they're pushed to the break, and you're wondering, okay, all that goodwill and trust that you built up, have you wasted it all? Have you, have you completely blown it? And the kids still stayed bought in. That's the team here. The recruiting class for next year appears to be bought in. And what's interesting for us in, in Tallahassee, you know, most other big-time college markets, and even the mediocre ones that have continuity in their coaching staffs, they've had the opportunity to enjoy early signing day. We've not, we have not. It has been transition or pandemic since the early signing period uh, has has begun in college football. Yeah. So December for us is going to mean more than it has in a long ever actually ever because the last time we've had a, a typical signing day, it was still in February. So that's what's coming up in the next month for Florida State, and I've got. I mean, when you look at the quarterback picture. Chubba Purdy's departure, to me, signals that we're going hunting in the transfer portal for somebody who can play right now. And whether or not that's at a high level, I don't know. But you need a steadying force to be the bridge between what you have now in Jordan Travis and what you have in the future in A.J. Duffy. That A.J. Duffy is going to be a springtime enrollee, makes spring football, or a winter enrollee, makes spring football all the more interesting. But I think what you're seeing here is potentially a seismic shift in that quarterback room from where we are right now to the first time we do Tallahassee game day next year for the big Duquesne game Mm. ahead of FSU and LSU. Because if you're going into the transfer portal again, which I think they are, some people reporting that they're not, but I I don't know. Maybe just to make sure they get Duffy in the fold and then they go hunting. But if they do, and they get a, a... a piece that would fit what this offense is trying to do when it's operating with the playbook wide open
3: kid, like Max Johnson, for example. Oh,
0: well, sure. Yeah. I was wondering when I was like three, two. <laughs> so you bring in somebody who can run multiple facets of what Mike Norvell wants to do. That makes the spring competition really interesting because if that kid wins, then is Jordan Travis still our starting quarterback. As for today, it's a throwback to 2020. It's a throwback to the COVID year where you're going to be watching warmups, those guys that are, uh, I mean, intrepid reporters for us at Warchant.com. Ira's going to be working the binoculars hardcore. Who's in, who's out. Who's in, who's out. That's what I can recommend the most. I put out the props piece this morning on Warchant.com, the sporting knolls, Man, it's hard to pick because I just don't know who's going to be available. Like, let's say uh, one of the numbers was Jordan Travis rushing yards. Okay, let's say he plays. The last two times NC State has faced a quarterback that's a dual threat, they've gone way over the number that's, that's in this particular prop. But even if Jordan plays, are all five offensive linemen available? Like You've got to play this game out, and that's the unfortunate thing is not until 2.33 o'clock today are we going to know what this roster right here, right now looks like.
3: Yeah, Malik Cunningham went over 70 yards rushing against this NC State defense, and I I found that booing. I was encouraged greatly by that number because that's kind of who we are. I mean, we obviously need Jordan to be able to run the ball, and they couldn't do it. Last week against Clemson, and I think we kind of were hoping against Hope last week going into that Clemson game that somehow they would be able to get him to run the football, but you, you really never could block Clemson in any way, shape, or form, so the game was over before it started, and yet Florida State was in it with a chance to win it and had the lead with under five to play. It's a testament to how tough they are. It's a testament to how hard they play. It's a testament to uh, Clemson's problems, but it's a testament to this defense as well. So they hung in there, they, especially in that second half.
0: In the alternate universe in which this campus is not wrought with the flu, mm. right? if they had just come back from Clemson, you'd say, all right, mend your wounds from a very physical game, a disappointing game. We don't think they're going to be quitting on the coaching staff. No. Clearly, they've proven that they're tougher than that. But physically, are they ready to go? Like The flu adds to that, but I would be thinking today in that alternate universe, well, Dylan Gibbons is probably going to be in much better shape this week than he was last week. He didn't get to practice at all before the Clemson game. So I'd feel like left guard is better. Maybe Bavion Johnson rolls out there a little bit more often this weekend. But again, when when you're trying to break down this game player for player, it's easier to do so from the NC State standpoint because they're not on a campus that has a flu bug going around. So you know what players are going to be involved in their fold on both sides of the football for FSU it's just we'll see.
3: Yeah, it makes it very difficult to gauge what we see on the field today in terms of uh I mean we know we know they'll give effort. I mean, that that we're past that. Yeah. Even for the kids that are out there, you right. question, yeah. Yeah, you just you you know, it's it's frustrating because you could win this game. NC State and maybe they will. I I shouldn't uh You know, remove any hope here because we don't know of which kids uh, that we're questioning are going to play and which ones aren't. If if they're a full go, Florida State could win this game. NC State has not been nearly the team uh, on the road as they are at home. And when you look at Florida State's defense, and you're able to perhaps make this NC State team pretty one dimensional, you could win the game. Uh, You just have to hope. That uh, they're they're healthy enough to go win the game because I know the effort will be there. So uh, you know it starts at quarterback, though Tom. And if, if you don't have Jordan Travis, I don't see a path to victory because Florida State simply cannot be a drop back passing team. Uh, they've not had the ability to do that, and that's largely because they don't. They're not exceptional blockers. Uh, they they've become a slightly below average offensive line. Uh, they Coach Atkins does a very good job of finding ways to win. Uh, I'm talking about winning plays, winning quarters, and and moving the football because of the angles that he creates within this offense. He gives his offensive line a chance to kind of overcome some of their physical deficiencies. Uh, But they're not great in pass protection, and that's one element of why you can't drop back and pass it. The other is that your quarterback's not real good at the vertical game. And then third, and perhaps most devastatingly so, your receivers haven't been any good at all. So that makes it difficult to win, In any other manner than the manner they won in which they won three games in a row. And that is to run the ball to the tune of 200 plus yards every week uh, and do something that is, you know, something we haven't seen since the mid 90s around here, which is really remarkable when we were doing that, when Florida State was able to do that. But you also know that you're going to face some teams that can take it away. I'm not sure NC State can. They've lost two critical pieces at linebacker Cyrus Fagan is out at safety. The second half of the season has seen this NC State defense go from being uh, an upper echelon defense in the league, upper echelon defense in the in the country at one point, to a middling to poor defense um, at times. So if you're healthy, maybe you can. Maybe you can spark back up that run game, and that gives you all the hope in the world to win this game.
0: Yeah, just in watching what NC State gives up in the run game, it, it's different than Clemson. So one thing, and I'll put this to bed finally, but one thing I was disappointed with last week is I thought you could maybe I'll flank Clemson a little bit. To run right at them is just even though that's what we do, man, that's just that was never going to work especially when you've got two, you know, interior offensive linemen who basically don't practice. You yeah, know, it's yeah. like what are you thinking there? In the case of today, when you see NC State give up chunk plays a lot of times it's more of a long developing run, which is exactly what we do. That's what we do. Yeah. Now the question is, you know, it's it's all about for them if you're looking at their 3-3-5 set uh, which presents some problems in terms of passing off and of communication for the offensive line. Are we on our P's and Q's there? And are the backup players, we don't think so, but are the backup players going to pick the right gap? Because if they do and they stay disciplined, then you know the explosiveness of the running game might be limited for Florida State. But yeah, there, there's a real chance that, given that the right personnel is on the field, your top-line personnel, you might be able to make some hay in the in the running game. One thing that we've got to examine, too, and we would have done so even without a flu bug, Cam McDonald's availability because he left the game at Clemson with an injury, and we don't know how he's doing. So that's independent of whether or not he's got a virus. So Wonderful. we'll see if he's available because he's yeah. the guy with Gibbons that when you we're running whatever you want to yeah. call it a swinging gate action like a basketball like you know it's it's seventy five and eighty seven. Because I
3: haven't had the opportunity to do it on this show, and we'll go to break here in a second. But I want to give Jordan Wilson a little bit of love. Uh, You you talk about the tight end position. Uh, He's a guy that I ripped earlier this year on the Jeff Cameron Show, weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m., Monday through Friday. Uh, He's a guy that uh, at times was non-existent as a blocker uh, and certainly uh, had stone hands for whenever the ball was thrown his way. So there was a what-is-it-you-say-you-do-here moment for me, and he's had two good games in a row. So kudos to a young man who's turned it around this year and begun to provide you something. And I bring that up because you brought up Cam McDonald. You know, a few weeks ago, if you told me Cam McDonald couldn't play, I'd say, well, I why even bother to put a tight end out there because we don't have anybody else and now at least you have a second guy i know we have 47 tight ends on the roster
0: yeah i'd like to see a couple more i mean i I would hope that we're hitting on those guys
3: well i don't think we are um i I think jackson west has a chance i don't the rest of those guys does he
0: i mean you know it's almost like when you're looking at chubba and and the quarterback depth chart it's like okay so you're leaving because you're not better than travis yikes well that what does that say about you because, again, given what this offense wants to be. Yeah, I,
3: I think Jackson West will come around. Remember, as a freshman tied in, it's tough. I mean, that's a position where you got to be big enough, strong enough. You need to usually be here a little while. He's a guy that'll fight you. We know that. He'll fight you in practice, and he likes to get after you. He's scrappy. I think he's got the right mentality. I just don't think he's there yet. I think he's got to get a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger. But I, I'll have patience with him. That's the hard part for all of us is that whenever you bring in a kid that you're even a little bit excited about because there are so many opportunities here, <laughs> you just assume well, yeah. that they should be able to step in and play and play well right off the bat. And I don't think every position certainly uh, adheres to that. I mean, it's it's tough to do. Like, you, you know, you wouldn't expect a freshman defensive lineman, unless they were preternaturally good like Timmy Jernigan, to be able to get out there and play right away.
0: And even then he didn't really start. Right. You know? right. It wasn't until later in the season that he said, OK, he needs to be out there more time than not. For me, I yeah, I had no expectations for Jackson West, but then Mike Norvell every damn day was like, "Well, Jackson's gonna." be. I'm like, "Okay, well, we've got the reps. We've yeah. got there are snaps out there. You yeah. go, you go, take them."
3: Yeah, it's it's uh it's unfortunate. It's hard. It's a hard position to step right in. Uh, we've got plenty to look at with this game, uh, including our offense, our defense, their offense, their defense, obviously, and uh, it kind of starts with NC State's quarterback with Leary. We'll get to all of that coming up on Tallahassee Game Day.
2: Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready. Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you wanna grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant.
1: Tallahassee Game Day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Now here's warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang.
3: And we're back. Helps to have the headsets on so I can hear the voice guy tell everybody we're back. So it is that uh, Tallahassee game day rolls on, and it will be interesting to see. There are rumors already out there that McKenzie Milton will be starting a quarterback today. We are trying to run that down for confirmation, if that is indeed accurate. But, uh, yeah, I've heard, you know, that this was whispered yesterday. It's been a weird 48 hours in Tallahassee in terms of personnel, but also, you know, what's real, what isn't, in terms of who practiced this week, what were they able to get done. Um, you know, it's disconcerting, Tom, coming into a game like this when the, the, the chatter, okay, and again, I won't confirm this because we know that um, Mike Norvell gets frustrated with uh, any reports out of camp uh, to the, as it pertains to injuries uh, and or people missing time. But if it's true that, okay, One quarterback transfers out on a Tuesday. Rumors that he didn't even come back to school, by the way, after the Clemson game.
0: Oh, is that right?
3: So I don't know that he was ever here this week, which is unfortunate for him because he probably would have had a chance to play again, but that's what it is. Number two, Jordan Travis, along with several of his teammates, having to get an IV, missed time due to the flu, and that was said to uh you know hey be true of Mackenzie milton as well what did you get done in practice this week you didn't have a starting quarterback we got better we worked espn on college game day is saying that mckenzie milton is starting so i think i think we're probably probably there
0: yeah i'm verifying that but yes yes so, i trust eric like, but
3: still. plus i got a text so <laughs> i think i think we're gonna all be, right you got your double conference? i i think we're good here man uh but, you know, that is is pretty brutal uh, to have that many people at the most important position on the field not be able to practice during the week leading up to the game. So if that's indeed accurate, uh, it's hard to find a path to victory. But, you know, stranger things have happened. You've got a, you've got a bunch of guys who've played a lot of football. If McKenzie Milton is, in fact, and we'll get official confirmation here shortly, going to start, the question isn't whether or not he repped enough in practice this week, it's whether or not his foot will allow him to step into throws and get anything on them, whether or not he can be an effective thrower of the football physically. He's played a gazillion games, and I'm sure there'll be some rust early, but if you know once you get into a flow of a game and you've played a lot i think certainly you have an opportunity to to kind of get back into form so cross your fingers that that's the case but it's uh it's an interesting dynamic coming into a game that unfortunately prior to all this talk you thought oh we could win this game i mean it's it's going to be tough to beat NC state but uh, again two really key pieces to a defense that played so well early are out uh two linebackers that are dynamic are out and uh, that's an area that, you hope. Now, on the other side of it, I mentioned a moment ago, Leary's a kid that comes in and um, doesn't turn the football over. And, you know, I wonder if, in fact, this improving secondary who's doing a good job moving on the football these days in a way that we didn't see early in the season, can you create something there? Can you do something? Can you... Can you find a way to be more physical with a group of receivers that are pretty good, but they do drop the ball as well? Uh, if the answer is yes, uh, then then maybe you get some momentum, create a turnover, wreak havoc with the front four, get him off his spot, make him become uncomfortable, maybe do something that you haven't really seen him do. And 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 truthfully, Tom pointed it out earlier this week, his interceptions, the only two that he's thrown... Really aren't real interceptions. One of them is yeah. one of them's basically a hail mary, and, and one of them is um, you know a, a desperate situation.
0: Yeah, the final offensive play against yeah. Mississippi State—they're down multiple scores. It's fourth and forever, and the uh, the USF game. Like you know, I, I don't think they were in any danger. I don't know that uh, in week one against USF, NC State is afraid of what could happen if they throw one interception. But that's it. Two hundred and eleven passes since Devin Leary's last interception. Twenty-one to two is the touchdown to interception ratio. That's um. That's what you need in order to win a lot of middling games, 50-50 games. You don't need to lose the turnover battle, and NC State has only six turnovers all season as a team. That's crazy.
3: I'm so frustrated as we sit here right now. It's, it's unbelievable uh, that Mike Norvell and his staff have to be the unluckiest group of people on the planet. I, I, I mean, it's unreal how many times they've had to deal with nonsense. and it's, I mean, it starts with coming in and having to sign a class in a week you know, we already talked about that, and then your first full years of COVID year, and now you come home and you and you're playing. You guys are playing hard, playing well. They get, they get some momentum, and you're, you're ravaged by the flu. The kid transfers, starting quarterback may not be able to go today. It's just this is a winnable game, and it's frustrating to know that if you don't have, let's say, several starters, then you're going to get blown out. That's the bottom line. You're going to get you're going to get your ass beat today if these guys can't play, and that's so frustrating because. It will feel like a screeching halt to all the positive stuff we've talked
0: about. Hey, man. Listen, I've got a compound word for you that is going to completely make you calm down and think that we can win this ballgame. You Mm -hmm. ready for it? Mm -hmm. Wildcat. (laughs) Wildcat. Here it comes.
3: With McKenzie Milton? Oh, no. Oh, okay. No, not with McKenzie Milton. No, no, no. 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 With with Jay Sean Corbin? How
0: about Travis J? Huh? Huh? (laughs) What do you think? What do you think?
3: I think we're going to get blown out. It's Tallahassee Game Day. Hey, I'll find a way to reverse fortune here. I'll pivot to positivity. I'll find it. Tallahassee Game Day continues in a moment.
1: Tallahassee Game Day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Now here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang.
3: All right, in a second, we'll get to the offensive keys to the game. Still trying to track down and get confirmation. It is not official. I want to make that abundantly clear. We do not know that Mackenzie Milton will make the start for Florida State today. So let's make that clear. That is a rumor out there. A couple of people have mentioned that it was mentioned in passing on college game day. We don't have that on in here. I didn't hear it with my own ears. So I'm I'm struggling now. I'm reaching out to people to try to get confirmation on that. But that is a rumor. I want to make sure it's official, that it's a rumor, okay?
0: And what we did know, even before Chubba Purdy was gone yeah. this weekend, and that was officially announced, and yeah, Chubba yeah. went on Twitter, was that if Jordan couldn't go, it is McKenzie. It was going to be McKenzie. Even if Chubba was here on campus and stayed and didn't transfer, it was going to be McKenzie. Right,
3: and that you know, a lot of people speculated that might have been the reason that Chubba Purdy decided Maybe. to leave, because he got information that if Jordan couldn't go, then it would be McKenzie Milton. But again, that is not official. My bad if I intimated that it was. It is not official. Uh, but there are a lot of rumors out there that it is going to happen. We'll, we'll continue to do the show. If we get confirmation that it is happening, we will relay it to you immediately. I'm trying to track down one of my guys here who I would trust.
0: Be prepared for anything today, folks. Well, I mean, that's, you know, that's the bottom line. That's the it's hard enough. part about this.
3: It's really frustrating uh, because this the, the, what, the rumors are born out of the fact that a lot of people on this football team has practiced this week. That we know is a hundred percent accurate. Uh, we also know that a lot of those people were out because they were sick with the flu. So all of that is true. That is one hundred percent accurate, and therefore it makes it very difficult to know which one of those guys of the bevy of people that missed time are going to be able to be back and play in this game, and also uh, what what percent are they, if you will? Uh, wow. How good can they be? We we don't know.
0: And this is also unless they were able to get the team out to a hotel, you know, off campus earlier this week and go virtual with learning. Like, this is a a fluid situation, Uh, not meaning to make a pun with the word flu. But if you've got a guy who's out on Monday and Tuesday, well, he might be fine for today. But then maybe somebody else who was practicing on Tuesday and Wednesday is not available today. That's how the flu works. And we know that for those of you that are just tuning in today for the first time and you're not paying attention to what's going on during the week, there were emails sent out to staff members, professors, and the like at Florida State University. stay is, away, yeah. This is not an athletics thing. This is a, a, a university-wide issue. And there were the edict to the professors was, do not have your kids go to Thaggard, the, the medical clinic, to go get excused absences for sickness. We're too busy. We're backed up here. <laughs> People are lined up out the door. None of them healthy. So you all stay the hell away. Just... You know what? If the kid says he's sick or she's sick, you're going to have to take their word for it.
3: So the Knolls have rushed for at least 200 yards in six of their first eight games, and are one of eight teams with six 200-yard rushing games this year. Why do I bring it up? Well, I mean that's that's their modus operandi. That's how they win games. That's what they're trying to do. It's what they can do decently well. It's a serious setback if Jordan's not in there because. The ability to run the football to the tune of 200-plus yards is directly impacted by what defenses have to fear with his legs, and it opens up others in the run game. That goes away today if he doesn't play. That The element of his legs and, and threatening a defense and having to honor that goes away. So that's why it's such a big deal it's not that I don't think that McKenzie Milton can understand what they're asking him to do or process or be able to get out there and play and pick it up quickly because he's played a million football games. It's that if you're, there's no threat of run from the quarterback position, you're dead in the water because you don't do anything else well enough. So you're really going to have to fall back on a defense here to win you a football game. That and special teams. And listen, special teams has been really poor. So today would be a good day to get it right. Today would be a good day to win ugly and fall into your defense. Today would be a good day to have that group step up and dominate, create some short fields, and and perhaps find a way to you know cobble together twenty points.
0: Yeah, that's something that this team, in general, you can expect out of it um, when it's at full capacity and and the roster is there. Offensively, is you're not going to get six yards play. You're not going to get. I mean, like your your yards per play may say four point seven, it may say five point two, it may say three point eight, but That's not what you get each play. We are not a uh, three yards and a cloud of dust team. (laughs) It's no yards, two yards, 84 yards, no yards, one yard, no yards. punt. That's who we are. And I think no matter who starts today, that's what you're going to be dealt with. The question is, can you generate short fields in order to put yourself in those situations to get a few cheapies somewhere in the neighborhood of 7 to 10 points based on short fields and turnovers? Uh, I won't mention special teams because I don't anticipate that we're going to get short fields from special teams. It just doesn't happen. Um, but that's what you're going to have to look at today. You don't,
3: you don't suspect they're going to come up huge in the return game.
0: Um, they're going to (laughs) come up something in the return (laughs) game. And I don't know, man, perhaps odious would be a word I'd use. It's just (laughs) atrocious.
3: They haven't found somebody, you know, the biggest thing I think now it's gotten to be so mental. They've tried so many people back there. And a big part of that too, is guys are told, you know, whatever you do, don't turn the football over. And I I think there's just a real fear instead of an attacking mentality. Yeah. Like I I think this thought of, hey, I get an opportunity here to make a play. Most guys who are really good returners, A, are really quick and can make you miss in, in tight quarters, but they see it as a chance to showcase that ability. They see it as, oh, here's my chance. Oh, I get to go do this, as opposed to don't drop the ball, don't drop the ball, don't drop the ball. That's no way to attack special teams. And, you know, because they're so worried about the turnover, they don't go catch the ball because they know they can't turn it over if they're not around it and they let it bounce. And invariably, we watch that sucker roll another 30 yards and it yeah. just kills you. And, uh, you know, my cohort uh, on some the Headlines, Irish Rafael, cracked me up this week when he was like, everybody calls those hidden yards. They're not hidden. They're right there in front of me. I can see them. <laughs> yeah, Look at all these yeah. yards we're wasting. Look, maybe. there's bouncing. There's five. There's seven. There's fifteen yards. That's not hidden at all. I'm looking at them.
0: What was it? About seventy-five to eighty I for mean, Clemson yeah, on three punts. Golly. I know. Well, our former colleague and good friend Tim Linefeld said weeks ago that maybe Greg Reed should open up a punt return camp. Hmm. You know, just serve because it's not just a Florida State issue. You see this across the country. Yeah, but you
3: see it in in excess here. Oh, well, yes. Yeah,
0: It's the super-size-me version (laughs) of all the problems right here. Yeah. But you see kids fair-catching the ball at the 6. You see kids letting the the football bounce when, you know, a team's pinned back in their own territory, and it's a shorter kick because the the punter's nervous he's in his own end zone, and you can't get to the ball at the 48-yard line. It bounces back into your own 38-yard line. You just lost yourself 14 yards, and instead of being able to be in a short-field situation, now you're kind of neutral all because you can't run underneath a punt and catch it? And now we're experimenting with, like, two returner guys, three returner guys. I mean, oh, my God. You know, it was, it was stressed here when Mike first got here that special teams were going to be how you know how well we're coached. And the funny thing is, is I think we're well coached everywhere, but special teams at this point in the season because we're getting better in so many different areas, but special teams, for all the time they spend on it, it's like you're eating the wrong thing every day.
3: Yeah, I would uh, spend far less time. On special teams, I'd spend an inordinate amount of time on everything but special teams. Why not? It couldn't uh, wait, get worse. Couldn't get worse. I'd spend the time that I'm spending on special teams now in many other areas on offense and defense. Like maybe I'd spend that extra time with my linebackers, <laughs> try to get them better. But actually, that's an ability thing, right? It's yeah. like I eat
0: breakfast every day. Yeah, well, it's a McRib. You know, it's not something amazing like a Southwest salad from Zaxby's. You know, like what are you doing? <laughs> I don't. It's great that you eat every morning. If you're eating the the wrong thing, what yeah. good is it going to do?
3: Tom has decided, not you, Tom, but on the chat, I cracked up. Everybody's uh, kind of weighing in, and Tom mentioned that he's cracking a beer. <laughs> it's time at 9, uh, what time is it, 944? 944, 944. Uh,
0: on November the 6th, the year cheers, of our Lord, cheers, 2021. Cheers,
3: cheers, Tom. I'm drinking my coffee on Tallahassee Game Day, but cheers to you, buddy, because this news in the first hour of Tallahassee Game Day, it ain't been good. I understand you. If you if you woke up with high hopes and flipped on the old Tallahassee game day, they were extinguished pretty quickly, weren't they? About twenty minutes in, you're like, "Well, sweet Jesus, nobody's available to play." Good night, sweetheart. <laughs> well, it's time. To <laughs> Am I even going to watch the game today? Should I go golf? Should I go do something else? Should I go to the park? Should I go for a walk with my dog? This is ridiculous. Apparently,
0: well, what we're finding out, too, and we appreciate, Eric, and uh, your contributions and also the Cincinnati presence up there, you're repping your city as uh, game day, is up there, I guess. Um, I don't even pay attention to where they are, so I guess they're in Cincinnati, but Reese Davis apparently is good buddies with Mackenzie Milton. That's what we're gathering
3: Those guys do get information ahead of time, however they do. I mean, that it does happen. It's
0: amazing the transparency with TV crews. It's just unbelievable the trust there.
3: Well, I'm just going to say that what ends up happening there is that, you know, first of all, Kirk Herbstreit is able to text players all the time, and we know that. And that's a good thing. He's doing his job. He's finding out information. He used to do it with Jameis. Um, yeah, Paul, it was great to meet you, too. Very good to meet you and your significant other. It was nice. Uh, I, I would just say that, you know, they, they do get that information. So I'm not shocked that that could come out. Um Because if they're directly communicating either with coaches or players, it's not surprising the national folks get that info uh, ahead of time. And it might very well be that uh, at different awards, banquets, and so forth, Reese Davis has had a chance to get to know Mackenzie Milton, certainly, and that story. And he could have texted him and asked him. I don't know. We're not confirming, but that is the rumor that... College game day mentioned it in some form or fashion. In passing, in some form or fashion. That is... that is the best way to phrase this that somehow it got mentioned on game day because I, more than one person has said that so i mean I, I suppose that is accurate and we but we can't confirm it until we watch warmups. until our guys at warchant.com ira and Corey and aslan all those guys will be over there surely somebody will be able to tell us if they see it and you know we'll find out um <laughs> yeah
0: i would think the uh, well, here we go uh, <laughs> well you never know gator kirk the uh maybe maybe a liquor store near you will be sponsoring some of our programming moving forward oh boy
3: well we can look at the defensive keys to the game tom
0: oh i'm sure we could let's do it next yeah. I'll Tallahassee game. Day. be healthy
3: <laughs>
1: Tallahassee Game Day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Now here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Today's sub of the game,
3: or which of the game, is served up by which, which superior sandwiches? Did you know Tallahassee that on Wednesdays the Wicked is just five bucks? That's right, five meats, three cheeses. Five bucks visit any of which which is three tallahassee locations for a superior sandwich today i visited which Witch yesterday i was able to pick up a bunch of glossy free yeah wicked wednesday
0: gift cards. well the cool thing is it's actually a double you get two, two Wicked. that's a double the wicked
3: yeah it's uh good stuff man that's uh very cool and uh they're a proud sponsor. and We appreciate them and their support of us. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. We're sitting here talking about the sub of the game. I think we know who it will be if he plays. I mean, if in fact Mackenzie Milton is who is rumored, it is rumored, who is rumored to be starting today. If in fact he does, that'd be the sub of the game. There's no question, but we don't know that for sure. So if you want to pick somebody else, feel free. You get next.
0: I think there's going to be – thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like the WNBA, we got next. Yeah, you got next, buddy. Who there's going to be a groundswell at the stadium, and you're going to hear, Roderick, Roderick, Roderick. Roderick? I don't
3: think anybody's chanting that young man's yeah, name. There we go. Um,
0: uh, no. No, I, I don't know. Baby on Johnson is the guy I'd pick. Yeah, well, it's because every week. Because I think Baby on Johnson should have played last week. You me know. too. Yeah, and uh, I
3: actually think he should be starting over Devontae Love-Taylor. Uh, who has not been good all year long.
0: At this point, yes, because Devontae Love Taylor has not been 100% now, you know. Yeah,
3: and and that's important to point out by the way. I'm not ripping him in terms of effort or even lack of ability per se, but he 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 didn't, you know, that injury really set him back a long ways. He didn't get a chance to get in shape for the season and to get right and get stronger, for example. He didn't get that opportunity, and he's just not been the same guy since that injury. So it's not his fault. It's a shame. I know he knows the game. I know they like to have him out there because of his leadership and his ability to call out defenses and all that stuff and get us into right protections. But the physical part of it is really right. lacking. And Bavion, when given an opportunity, has performed better.
0: No, I mean, we were hanging our heads when 58 came out of the game at Chapel Hill because we're thinking, oh, man, you're just on the precipice of maybe getting something going here. And mm-hmm. we still go on that 35-7 to run with Bavion Johnson at right guard. Yeah. And when you have two guys in the interior that are hobbled, and there's no doubt that Dylan Gibbons, given that he couldn't practice last week, but there's no doubt that he was slower uh, around oh, well, every when he turn. He tried to pull. He couldn't right. really. Yeah. We were catching blocks instead of you know driving blocks and making things happen. And we're not the fastest offensive line in the world. You could see that Alex Atkins really puts an emphasis on having agile and athletic offensive linemen because they want to create these kinds of angles. Well, Bavion gives you the better chance to do that. So for me... We'll see. It might be that he starts out of necessity. Like, we just don't know. We just don't know what's going on now. But if everybody's healthy, everybody on the offensive line, I still want to see Baby on start this football game.
3: I've been banging that drum for four or five games. I, I, I just don't think Devontae Love Taylor, who we love. He does trench talk for us. So yeah. Talk if he now. was 100%, man. Yeah, we love him. But he just is not.
0: He was behind since camp. He didn't get to go, you know, and, and get in live reps in camp until week two or week three. And even that was with the twos. That tells you that. It's just been he's been chasing things the yeah, whole season he, long, and that stinks.
3: It, it does. Um, it seems a, a theme right now. Uh, I guess I guess I would just tell you in terms of guys missing time and being hurt and playing through injury, uh, that this it's thematic. It's the twenty twenty one season. It's just it's rather remarkable, and and it started right out of camp, coming out the first game of the week, first game of the year. Um, where the, you got word that the offensive line was not completely healthy headed into the Notre Dame game. And it's kind of been that way for the most part of this entire season. Now, when they've had those guys in there, I call them the big three, really, when they've had those guys in there, they have been a, a more than serviceable unit. That's hence the reason they've been able to rush for 200-plus right. yards in six of their eight games. Um, that's because when they're in there and they're relatively healthy, they're pretty good players. I'm talking about... Smith and, you know, obviously Williams. I mean, all those guys are pretty good players when they're healthy. Right,
0: and, and we talk about, um, you know, Jermaine Johnson, Keir Thomas, Jamie Robinson as wins in the transfer portal. Fabian Lovett. Fabian Lovett. Yeah, going back a little ways. But yeah, Dylan Gibbons is a win, too.
3: Oh, absolutely. That, you know, we
0: were wondering, hey, he's a backup at Notre Dame. And you see how bad Notre Dame's offensive line is. Maybe they should have kept it. Maybe they're thinking to themselves, man, we should have given Dylan some run this season. And I understand that you're grading against a curve. It's not like, you know, we're world beaters here on the offensive line no. at Florida State, but you've got him for 2 years. I mean, I you love what he's going to bring to the table next year at left or right guard, whatever. He you could pencil him in.
3: The transfer portal, it gets, you know, it's part of the modern uh conversation of college football. What teams are going to do what in the portal? How many guys should you take? What balance of players on your roster should be transfer portal guys compared to guys that are kind of homegrown, for lack of a better term, meaning high school recruits that you develop. And it's a fun conversation. I think it's a it's just an added uh, element of the game. But for Florida State, they have really been able to show that they can analyze. Now, listen, did they get it 100% right? No, nobody does. You're taking a risk. A lot of times there are guys in the transfer portal for good reasons. Either it didn't work out at their previous place. They had a problem with the coaching staff. Coaching staff had a problem with them, whatever it might be. So, you are taking a risk on some guys. But for Florida State, if you consider all the names you just threw out there from the transfer portal, I would think this is a desired place to come to. And that the coaching staff gave you proof of concept. Hey, we recognize what you are there, we think you can help us here. We'll get you in. We'll make the most of your talents. Um, We just ask that you, you know, help build our culture and accept our principles here. And, I mean, you can name five, six guys that have come in to do that and are giving you something on the field in addition to that leadership. So, I think when you go out there in the transfer portal going into you know this off season, I think I think a lot of guys would be willing to to take a good long look at Florida State because of those successes.
0: Right, the opportunity plus the success. Like yeah. oppor- you could have opportunity in a lot of places if if you're a high level transfer, but that you can see that Jermaine Johnson is about to get paid a lot of money. Yeah, right. I mean that makes all the difference. The thing that I you know we're going to have to go through it in a more serious way, but in in the era that is. One freebie for transfers in big-time college football now, where eligibility is not a concern, that gets really dicey. Some, I mean, and now within the conferences, there are rules. Most conferences have that rule where you can go from one school to another. So you can go from Miami to Florida State, Florida State to Miami, and not have to sit out. That's crazy to think about, you know, given where we were five years ago. But coaching staffs are going to have to navigate that. Mm-hmm. You know, even the good ones, certainly ours, because when you're trying to build a roster, you don't want to. Deplete morale with your kids that you brought in as four year scholarship players by overwhelming with transfers it's the issue that Miami is debating heavily because they've relied so heavily on on transfer kids yeah. and it looks like they're gonna be doing so again unless they can go through the run of runs in the next you know three months which they might they might they might I'm just talking about they've got eight kids right now eight high school kids committed to them
3: yeah it's a toughie
0: so and a lot of people are attributing that to, well, they're just going to go to the transfer portal anyway. Well, that's no way to live either. So you've got to strike a balance there.
3: That's true. But of, it's a uh, tough
0: thing to do to, and maintain your culture.
3: Well, the NFL, you see it all the time. It, most guys will tell you, you, do not build a roster through free agency. You do it through the draft. You draft your guys. You develop your guys. You get them uh, indoctrinated into your system. Now, if there's a key cog that's out there that could help you win and win right now, if you're ready to win and all you're missing is a rush end, and there's one available, you go bring him in. That's fine. But you don't build that way, typically. You, you, know, you build through uh, analyzing and, and executing in the draft.
0: And to make matters more confusing to that end, you get 25 plus 7 this year. The NCAA, or I don't know if it was Group of Five, Power Five, whatever it is, but Division One college football as we used to know it, you can now have a, an extra seven players for this one offseason only That could be transfers and not count against your 25 that you typically bring in through the high school ranks. Mm -hmm. They're trying to counterbalance this whole rush to the portal, the first year wave, and say, all right, we got to find some homes for these kids that don't want to be on the current campus. So there are some rules there as well. Florida State does have more flexibility. You bring 32 new kids, potentially, this offseason. 85 scholarships, 32 kids. You talk about overhaul. You can make it happen. It's what happened
3: at Michigan State. Mel Tucker did that and has turned their fortunes completely around. And it helps when you go out and get a running back who's a Heisman candidate from Wake Forest. And he, I mean, it's crazy, right? I mean, they're out there. Guys are out there. It's, it's possible. And uh, if you if you can execute it, and it's tough to navigate, as we just pointed out, you can really change your team pretty quickly. Tallahassee Game Day, second hour, forthcoming. Stay with us.